traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? It's more money. Steve Moore will be joining us in a hot second here. It's Ryan Payne from Payne Capital Management. And it was another wild week with the economy, the stock market. And we saw stock prices hit all-time record highs, much to a lot of people's uh, amazement over the course of the last week. We had a huge month in October. We saw the NASDAQ up 7%. We saw the Dow Jones up almost 5% for the month. And you know, surpri- not surprising, probably, we saw that employment costs are going up exponentially. Um, and Bob, it's just unbelievable to see uh, you know, everything we predicted happening, right? Well, you know what happens, Ry? You have, um, you have earnings season right now, which has been fantastic. We might see 36 to 38% year-over-year earnings growth. Um, and almost 80% of the companies that have reported. Now, half of the S&P 500 companies have reported. They beat estimates, you know, both on the bottom and the top line. And if it, it seems like if you if you miss, you know, a revenue number or you miss an earnings number, they're playing the uh, supply chain blame game. Um, you know, it's like, okay, uh, we didn't have the we didn't have the materials, which is probably true. Um, but it's amazing how m- most companies are adapting and they're mutating, you know, in spite of the coronavirus, in spite of the supply chain disruption. Real simple here, Bob. You know, we're from Philadelphia, so we keep it really, really simple. And that's just number one is, yes, supply chain costs have gone up. Labor costs have gone up for companies. And they're saying to themselves, no problem. We'll just raise our prices. And every time they raise prices, you know, you have a consumer that's been relatively price insensitive. And I think a lot of it has to do with we've been locked down with COVID. Um, if you look at household wealth, we're, we're at an all-time record high. We have more money in our bank accounts than we did before the pandemic. A lot of that because of the stimulus checks. Wages, like I just mentioned, are going up. So I think people are just a little less price sensitive. We don't like the fact prices are going higher, but you know what? You know what? I'm going to pay those higher prices, uh, and that's very good for profits right now. Well, you know, I don't get it, right? The government keeps telling us that uh, inflation is transitory. We had, you know, Aunt Janet, who I you know, affectionately refer to our former uh, Federal Reserve chairwoman and now Secretary of the Treasurer, tells us it's going to be over with inflation. Uh, this uh, maybe next year, early next year. Uh, where, you know, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell was using the word transitory, but somehow that slipped out of the vocabulary and that doesn't exist any longer. But, you know, all the consumers, everyone we talk to, you know, are now accepting the fact that we're going to have higher inflation and they're actually amenable to paying higher prices because they want the stuff, right? Because they're flush with cash. The economy's there. The demand is very strong. 
it's it's really strong, and I think this is a big surprise, and it's caught a lot of uh, I would say economists and strategists on Wall Street off guard because everyone said, "Well, if raise, you raise prices, no one's going to buy anything." And no, as we said, like the sun rises in the east. Americans love to buy stuff, and that's what really drives our economy. You know, at the end of the day, it's the fact that we love to buy more than the rest of the world. Um, and you're seeing that in full display right now, right? I mean, if you look at retail sales, they've been exceptionally strong. Um, and you just see the ability to take these, these price hikes. Now, you know, the interesting thing too, Bob, is if you look at strategists on Wall Street, and it's one of our favorite things to make fun of, Wall Street strategists, is their target this year for the S&P 500 is 4,600. And where's the S&P right now? I think we're there. <laughs> it's at 4,605. And, you know, I'm going to have to ask you to do something for me, Ry. I need a, I need a favor. You got to stop abusing these Wall Street strategists. I mean, they've been wrong. <laughs> they stay wrong. Um, you know, I've been doing this for 46 years. And, you know, one, one thing that's been consistent is that if I ever decided I no longer wanted to be a financial planner or a financial advisor, I would either become a weatherman or a Wall Street strategist. They're often wrong. They're never in doubt. And they still get their job the next day. It's a pretty amazing deal. Well, and I think that's the interesting component right now is, you know, the outlook. And I see this with clients. You know, we manage about a thousand different families at our firm, Pain Capital Management. And everyone's a little bit negative. You know, everyone's waiting for that shoe to drop. Like, when's this big, massive correction going to come? This is too good to be true. And, you know, we've been talking about this for about a month now is I don't know if you're going to get a big correction here. You know, there's just so much cash. We talk about this that has to get a return. I mean, this is kind of a week after week kind of theme here. And, you know, people are not that optimistic right now, which is hard to believe. You would think with the market up, everyone's net worth is higher, wages going up. That would be great. But, you know, the sentiment right now is relatively negative. Well, you know, like every big booming bull market that I've been in, and we're in one right now, there's always a part of it that's a bubble. And there's clearly a bubble being formed in, you know, mega tech stocks and disruptive technology and uh, electric cars and space travel. I don't know, Rob, have you booked your trip to Mars yet? You know, we're going to have we're going to have uh, space travel affordable and uh, at least available to all of us. Uh, cryptocurrency, which I still don't get. You know, there's a big bubble there. So there'll be a correction there at some point. But so there's plenty of opportunity. There's plenty of value in rest of the rest of the market. And what's what happens in a bull market is money gets concentrated in one area. It's if that's the only area you can invest in. Well, that's right. But the funny thing this year, you would think, well, technology probably is the winner. That's going to be the best place to be. Well, what it hasn't been, you know, it's been those old school stocks, right? We talk about energy prices have gone through the roof. We're over $80 a barrel, something like $83 a barrel in oil today. Well, oil stocks have been the best performer in the market. Then you have financials, you know, what we call these old school companies. And I think that's the important point here, Bob. You know, we build portfolios for our client base is we're thinking about the next 10 years, not the last 10 years. And clearly the the dynamics here have changed, right? We didn't talk about inflation last decade. Now we are, and different assets benefit from that. And we talked about pricing power. It's the companies that can raise their prices or have the best ability to do that. And technology, which actually didn't do so great this past week. We had big tech report earnings. Um, Amazon's earnings weren't great. Apple's earnings weren't great. Um, and they actually didn't do that well. But if you look at the other overall market, you look at infrastructure, you look at things like energy financials, that's really been the best place to be this year. And it's important to have those components to your portfolio to combat inflation. 
Well, you know, I, I think what I hear you saying, Rise, that you should invest in companies that actually have earnings, that have <laughs> revenue, that pay dividends, that have paid a dividend every year and consistently increase that dividend over 10, 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, is that common sense? I mean, is it, you know, are you sure you want to invest in things that are solid, that grow over time, that are selling at reasonable valuations? I mean, you know, I mean, how crazy is that? Don't you want to pay 200, 300 times earnings for something that may make money someday? Or even better, Bob, I'd rather own a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin that I can't buy anything with. That makes more sense. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you know, someday you will be able to buy something with it. I don't know what, but uh, it's the same thing with gold. I mean, you ever going into a... Uh, a grocery store and try to, to buy uh, groceries with a cougar and or a bar of gold. I mean, it's not really something that you can, you can use, <laughs> but you know, it's amazing, right? You're looking at the U S market and, and, you know, we're all kind of focused domestically on where we want to have our money. We, we want to invest in a good old U S of a, we're kind of, you know, focused there, but you know, you take a look right now and there are other places around the world where markets are booming. You take the frontier markets are up 30% this year. Um, you know, and I find many of you have many money in the frontier markets or in the non-U.S. markets. You know, it's not, uh, you know, we're not the only game in town. No, we're not. And if you look at markets around the world, they're a lot cheaper right now. And people say, well, we got to hedge against the dollar. We're, print- we're printing trillions of dollars. Well, you know, if you have a weak U.S. dollar, that's very good for your foreign investments. And, you know, it's not going to be Bitcoin per se or this alternative currencies, but, you know, other currencies around the world benefit from that. And that's why having an international portfolio does make a lot of sense here. We see that's very lacking with the 50 or uh, portfolios or so we see a month. And I know Steve Moore just joined us. And I know Steve, I know Steve, you got your mind's got to be blown here with the markets at all time record high oil prices going through the roof. I mean, what a wild week in the economy and on Wall Street. Wall Street. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon, guys. And, and you're exactly right. I mean, this is it's a sort of a tale of two economies right now. And I, I, I'd love to get your guys reaction to this, which is, you know, on the one hand, the stock market is, as you said, it's just it's a rocket ship. It keeps going through the roof and people are making a lot of money. America's wealth and their 401k plans are rising at a rapid, rapid pace, which is great. On the other hand, you have this issue of um, the real economy where we have you know, problems with inflation. We have problems with this energy crisis. We have problems with the supply chain. We have these threats of uh, tax increases and an increase in regulation and increase in debt. And so, I, you know, I'd love to get your guys' reaction as to how it is that some of these statistics seem to be headed north and some of these statistics on the economy seem to be headed south and which is going to prevail. Well, Steve, here's the, well, thing, Steve, I here's the thing I don't understand. We're the Greatest producer of oil and gas in the world. We were number one just a year ago. And now we have oil prices going through the roof. And I hear the government come out the other day saying, we, we don't think there's anything we can do to help this situation. You know, how about <laughs> turn the pumps on? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually remarkable, right? I mean, it's, it's one of these situations where just, you know, how many months ago, a year ago, we had oil at $30 a barrel. And we had an oversupply of oil. All of a sudden now, you know, oil is over $80 a barrel. And all of a sudden, where did that oversupply go? It just like disappeared overnight. So I don't know, Bob. I feel like there's some manipulation going on here in the oil markets. Call me a cynic. <laughs> but it definitely seems like someone's pulling the strings here in regards to uh, oil supply. Well, you know, Steve, you're right about inflation. Inflation is real. It's growing. Uh, we haven't seen an inflationary spiral like this in 40 years. We're seeing numbers like the PCE came out the other day, which is the Federal Reserve's favorite indicator, right? Just hit a 730-year high, actually. Um, so inflation's real. So you have to be 
certain that you don't have what Ryan affectionately calls the portfolio of the last 10 years. You need the portfolio of the next 10 years. You have to be certain that you have inflation hedges built into your portfolio. You know, you can sit there and stamp your feet and hold your breath and say, I don't like inflation. I don't like the fact prices are going up. Or you can do something about it, right? You can make changes in your portfolio and benefit from high, higher inflation. It, now, I don't know if we're going to have hyperinflation. I don't predict because my crystal ball, you know, it broke a long time ago. Uh, what I do know is that if you have inflation hedges in your portfolio, your portfolio is at a record high right now. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, like you need to get an inflation plan in place, like you're looking to retire, you're retired right now, and you know cost of living is going up and you need a game plan around that. Well, we have 10 slots open today. If you give us a call or text right now at 844-752-6692, that's 844-752-6692. Bob and I will run our famous total financial master plan where we literally will go through everything for you. Uh, we've set a secure email server. You send us all your statements. We go through everything, all your holdings. We put together a full income plan. We show you how to optimize Social Security, how to pull from your portfolio. We factor in inflation as your cost of living goes up, and we look at taxes. I don't know, Bob. Call me a cynic, but I think taxes are going higher. We'll give you a full tax plan, how to optimize your portfolio, and look at every fee that you're paying in your portfolio, how to reduce it, and make sure you're on track for your retirement. All you have to do is give us a call or text at 844 844- Seven five two six six nine two. If you've saved over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for retirement, we do ten slots every week. Give us a call or text right now at eight four four seven five two six six nine two. That's eight four four seven five two six six nine two. There's no other firm that does this kind of work up front that will look at everything for you. We have certified financial planners. We're a fiduciary, and we'll literally give you a full plan. Don't waste time. Give us a call or text at eight four four seven five two six six nine two. We got more money coming your way. Stick around. We got a great show. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. That's a great financial analysis. Thank you very much. Uh, And I wanted to ask you guys in the minutes that we have left about this wealth tax that was proposed this week, which people are, I get a lot of, uh, you know, our callers and uh, and, uh, people are asking me about what would the impact of, of this big capital gains tax on unrealized gains due to the stock market? And I know it looks like it, it's not going to happen, but people are very worried about it. And I wonder if you guys could, could talk about the market impact of this basic new way of taxing stock. Well, you know, it really worries me, Steve, when you have a tax where they're only going to tax a 1,000 individuals, right? First of all, it's unconstitutional. Right. Shouldn't even be considered, but you know it's not going to stop there. You know they're going to spread before you know it. Anybody who has money is going to be subject to that tax. And here's my question. I know you have a couple of Monets hanging in your living room. How do you price those, (laughs) right? I mean, what are they worth today? Um, And who decides, you know, whether they're worth the price you say or the price the government says? I mean, it's, it's so complex, it's ridiculous. It is. And, you know, one, there's so many questions that I don't think these members of Congress even thought about how to answer if you had some kind of wealth tax, capital gains tax. And by the way, what we're talking about, folks, is just so you understand, they're saying, let's say you have uh, $250,000 worth of stock. And let's say that valuation goes up by to 350000 So, you you know, your wealth is increased by $100,000, but you haven't sold anything, right? You don't have cash. You just have this increase 
you know, value of your portfolio, they would basically charge basically 30% of that hundred thousand. They'd say, where's your, you owe us $30,000. And gentlemen, I don't even understand how you do it. People are not going to have the $30,000 attached because they don't have the money. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And I think, you know, look, you can look at history. I always look at the Rolling Stones. You know, you go back to the seventies and, you know, the taxes in England were through the roof. If you were wealthy, you got taxed, uh, you know, uh, on everything. And they went to France. They left. You know, they had a, their famous yep. album, Exile Main Street. And that's what happens. The wealthy just leave. <laughs> you know, they have the means to just leave. So I'm always suspect when they, they have that wealth tax on, tax on the super wealthy because, again, you've seen in other countries where uh, they have the means to, to go somewhere else that's more tax friendly. And that's worse, not to be able to tax at all. So, you know, I'm always a little suspect that these things get passed. The other thing I think is interesting here, uh, just to take the optimistic spin, is this tax bill just gets lighter and lighter, right? We saw a really dramatic tax bill initially from the Biden administration, and it just becomes more and more tax light as revisions keep coming down the pipeline here. I think that's exactly right. They, they, you know, right now, the state of affairs is they have $3 trillion of spending they want to do, but they only have about, because so many of their uh, you know, tax ideas have gotten uh, you know, blown out of the water, they only have about a trillion dollars of revenue, so that's a big problem. Because you know, how do you how do you fit this square peg into this round hole? It doesn't fit. And now they're two trillion dollars short, which makes a mockery of Joe Biden's idea that this is uh, not going to cost anything. Remember, it's going to be free. It's all going to be free. <laughs> and so I think Steve. people are laughing. They that people laugh at that. Uh, God, by the way, you, you brought back a great memory when you talked about the you know the Rolling Stones in the sixties. <laughs> they're you know one of the most famous Beatles songs is tax man and the first line <laughs> of that song by george harrison is let me tell you how it will be here's one for you 19 for me and i never really understood what that line meant what here's one for you 19 for me uh i'm the tax man until uh, i started studying tax policy and and i saw i i, I realized that in, in um, britain at that time the beatles were in a 95 percent tax bracket 95 <laughs> percent, wow. which meant for every 20 uh, pounds they made, the government took 19 and they got one, which is where that line comes from. Here's one for you, 19 for me. These tax rates that we're talking about now for small businesses, successful small businesses would pay a tax rate now 50%. That's, that's like the highest in the world, guys. Yeah, it's, uh, we'll, we'll be number one finally again, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's very harmful, and I, I I'm really nervous about. The, there's this obsession about taxing the rich, taxing tax, tax the rich, soak the rich, and you know I was looking at these statistics that two out of three people, you know, who make over a million dollars, the way they made their money is by owning, operating, and uh, managing small businesses. They're employers, so you know I always ask, how are you going to get more jobs if you're going to tax the people who create the jobs? Exactly. And, and and that's the biggest problem. That's the thing that, I, that really frustrates me is they seem like they're making it up every day and they don't know what it's going to cost because they don't know what the final bill looks like. And I wonder if anybody's actually going to read it. And then they just keep coming up with ideas. Well, well let's uh, let's tax wealth. Uh, uh, let's tax uh, buybacks. I mean, it's it's if Ryan and I ran portfolios like this, we'd have been out of business 45 years ago. Um, you know, yeah. people need a plan. They need a strategy. They need to stay on point. And it's just it just frustrates I think me and all my clients when they listen to these politicians come in every day and say well we're going to pass this today but we have no idea what's in it right you got to pass it in order to find out what's in it remember that line Steve 
Yeah, yeah. I do. And, and, you know, another point that I'd like your guys' reaction to is on the um, on this issue of the taxing the unrealized gains, which they keep coming back to. They really want to do that because, you know, that's where Warren Buffett and, you know, Bill Gates and, and Jeff Bezos, you know, they have, you know, tens and tens of billions of dollars of wealth. And yet, if you're going to tax someone on their capital gains, hey, wait a minute, what, what about capital losses, right? What yes. about when your stock portfolio goes down? Are you going to let people, you, you know, if, if it's going to be fair, are you going to have to say, okay, you're going to tax the stock market when it goes up? But, you know, we've had periods like in the 1970s where stocks went down, you know, by 30%. So you're going to let people deduct from their taxes their losses? And if that's the case, I don't know how much money they're even going to get from this. No, it's a great point because right you can and you could also take if you're really wealthy. You know, Bob made the mention about uh, having art on your wall. You know, you could you can essentially price these things forever you want, right? So why not make some huge losses for some of your illiquid investments? Uh, so there's no tax at all. But I think the one thing we do know is taxes are probably going to go higher here. You know, I don't know what form it's going to be. We have trillions of dollars that we've already spent that we've got to pay back at some point. And you know the one thing we look at week after week is it's a great time of year to be proactive about your tax strategy, and most of you aren't doing this, right? Whether it's you know if your marginal rate tends is going to go up at some point, you know, is it a good time to convert some of your money in those retirement plans, which are really ticking tax time bombs? You know, the government's going to force you to take that money out at seventy two. Well, maybe it's a good time to start converting it to Roth, where it's tax free for life. Yeah, yeah, so you know, yeah. there's a lot of things you can do right now proactively because I think the one thing we do know we can all agree on is taxes are probably not going lower here, Steve. That's my biggest bet I'm going to make today. I know it's a wild bet to make. Can you guys give that number again? Because how many consultations do you have left on that uh, that you're offering? How many? Is it 10? Yes, that's right. So we have, we're have we down to about seven left. So if you give us a call or text right now, uh, we'll do a okay. full holistic review. Uh, just simply call or text at 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. It's our total financial master plan. There's no other firm out there. We'll do all the work up front. We'll go through everything that you have. We'll break it down. We'll build your own financial portal. We'll look at your taxes. We'll look at fees you're paying on your portfolio. We'll show you how to reduce that. We'll put together a full income plan. We'll factor in inflation. The most important thing you should be thinking about right now, we do the whole holistic plan. And again, if you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, we have seven slots left. If you give us a call or text at 844 844- Seven five two six six nine two. We do ten a week. We're down to seven left. If you give us a call or text right now, we'll do one for you at eight four four seven five two six six nine two. That's eight four four seven five two six six nine two. What what is your motto again? No pain, no gain. <laughs> <laughs> I love it and stay bullish. All right, guys, gentlemen, bullish. thank you so much. These guys know more about the stocks. I, I, I take their advice very seriously, and and uh, and I learn a lot from them. So thanks so much. We'll be right back with more money. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back. This is Steve Moore from Freedom Works and the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. And don't forget to go to the Committee to Unleash Prosperity hot, uh, uh, website and get our hotline that comes out every morning. You can read it in about five minutes. It, it covers what's going on with the economy, a little bit of politics, a little bit of what's the latest news with COVID. Uh, and uh, it's really popular. We, we have a new Gingrich who says it's the first thing he reads every morning, and others uh, do too. So we want you to get it. And I know I'm going to sound like Joe Biden when I say this, but it is absolutely free. It costs you nothing 
And in this case, I am telling the truth. All you have to do is sign up for it, and we'd be pleased to send it to you. So go, go to Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Just click the button and say, send me the hotline, get it to me for free, and we'll deliver it to you five mornings a week right to your doorstep, or really what I mean is right to your computer screen. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about the, uh, by the way, I will be taking your questions. I wasn't able to do it last week because we ran out of time. Uh, I, I cut down on the number of guests this week because I want to hear from you, my friends, my colleagues, uh, the people who have been loyal to the show, uh, listening to more money um, every weekend, um, and I'm honored to do this show. But the question for the day is, should we scrap this massive multi-trillion dollar spending bill? I say kill the bill. Larry Kudlow says kill the bill. Steve Forbes says kill the bill. We think it is dangerous and damaging to our economy. And then the companion question is, does it make sense that we are reducing our energy production in America? And I know there are a lot of people listening to the show who are concerned about global warming. So I want to hear from you. I want to hear from people on both sides of this equation. You know me, folks, if you've been listening to my show for the last year or so, you know at More Money, we believe in freedom of speech. We want to hear from people on the left and the center and on the right. I'm on the right, uh, but I love to hear, I want, I love to hear the other side. I mean, I want to be respectful of your position, even if I might not agree with it, but I do want to hear from people to maybe defend what Biden is doing on this energy crisis. Now, let me tell you where we're at on this. And by the way, that number for the more money hotline, we already have, I think we have two lines still open, uh, and I'm going to be getting your calls in about less than 10 minutes. 1-800-848-9222. That's the More Money Hotline, 1-800-848-9222 or 1-800-848-WABC, which, by the way, is the single best talk radio station, in my opinion, in the entire nation. Congratulations to John Katsimides for the amazing job he has done with this fantastic radio station. We have a great, great audience. Okay, now let me uh, put out some provocative thoughts, and then I want to hear from you on the More Money Hotline. Uh, I think that the energy policy that Joe Biden is pursuing is absolutely nuts. I think it is crazy. I think this president is unnecessarily dismantling the power I'm, and, and, and I mean by the power, it's a kind of a double entendre, the, the electric generation power, but also the power that we have by being energy independent and a seller of oil and gas and coal rather than an importer of this stuff. Now, I want to give you a statistic. And this statistic, I, I promise you, it's going to make you angry. It makes me so angry. And, you know, if, it, if this statistic does not make you angry, then your, uh, you know, your blood doesn't run, uh, run uh, red, white, blue as my mind does. So here's the statistic. We are 2 million barrels of oil less. We're producing 2 million barrels less oil today in the United States than we were under Donald Trump. Now, what does that matter? Okay, so if you can do the math with me here, this is not too complicated. The price of oil is a little bit above $80 a barrel now, $80 a barrel. So let's just rounded off to 80. It's actually a little bit higher than that, but let's say it's $80. So 2 million barrels, if my math is right, 2, two million barrels times, um, uh, eight, uh, I'm sorry, 2 million fewer barrels times the price of 80, that's $160 million give or take five or $10 million. That's about that. Now, what is that $160 million? That's the reduction 
in money that's coming into the United States and is now leaving the United States. So in other words, we were producing this. We got the income and the GDP of 160 million a day, a day, every single day. That's like a million dollars. You know, what is that? That's like, you know, um, 160 million dollars. That's like $10 million an hour. Uh, that we're not getting in this country because we're not producing as much oil and gas. And the demand for this stuff is way up. So I don't understand the logic of that, folks. Why Think of what how much good we could do with this country if we had $160 million more a day, a day. So uh, this is just pruning America's economy. And it's not like we're solving the global warming problem because it's, it's the world is still consuming a lot of oil and gas. The problem is they're getting that stuff from Saudi Arabia. They're getting it from Russia. They're getting it from Iraq and Iran, Venezuela, countries that hate us. We're playing into the hands of our enemies here. We should be the energy dominant country. Now, my friends say, oh, we need to produce more wind and solar power. Fine, fine. You know, we might be able to get 10 or 15% of our energy from wind and solar, and great. If we can do it and it can be make sense, fine, let's do it. Let's double our, our you know, production of energy from wind and solar power. So we go from, you know, 6% to 10 or 15%. But where are we going to get the other 85% of? And please don't tell me we're going to go 100% renewable energy. You know, I don't care if you're a liberal, conservative, moderate, whatever you are, Republican, Democrat, you know that's not true. There is no way we're going to be able to provide enough energy for a $22 trillion industrial economy that makes cars, that makes steel, that makes uh, you know, construction projects and manufacturing. And I was at a manufacturing plant in Wisconsin just yesterday producing huge, these gas tanks are incredible. Uh, I was at an aircraft engine factory uh, not long ago. We produce amazing things in the United States, but it takes energy to do it. Anybody think we're going to be able to do this with windmills? Come on, let's let's be serious for a minute here. If we tried to do that, the price of energy would rocket up. One other quick point before we you know, take our break, and then I get to your calls because I want to hear your attitude about this. I am very upset about all these taxes that are being suggested. Uh, the latest thing uh, we were talking about earlier is this tax on your capital gains. And, and please don't believe this is just going to be millionaires and billionaires, folks. Please, please don't fall for this ruse. It, it, is a, uh, it is a bait and switch. They do this every time, right? But I mean, go back 100 years ago when they invented the income tax, which at the time was very controversial. I, I wish we'd never enacted an income tax. But when they did, they said, don't worry, you know, John Q. Public, don't worry about that. It's only going to affect the millionaires. Don't worry. Just 1% of the people are going to pay the income tax. Well, and then they said, oh, and it's only a 7% tax, only 7%. What's to worry about? So they amended the Constitution. They brought in the income tax. So what happened? After five years, the rate went from 7%, 7% to 70%. And instead of 1% of the American people paying it, over half of Americans were paying it. Same thing with the something called the alternative minimum tax. You remember that one? That was brought into being back in the mid to late 1960s when a study had found, just like Joe Biden's talking about, uh, oh, you know, there were certain, you know, rich companies and rich individuals who were paying nothing. By the way, I think that's a terrible idea. I think everybody should pay tax. I'm with Joe Biden. It's, it's a disgrace that we have million, some millionaires and billionaires that don't pay tax. Uh, the way to do get them to pay their tax, get rid of the loopholes, right? Make them pay the tax on their income. Uh, in any case, they brought in the alternative minimum tax. Said, That's just for the top 1%. Then guess what happens? 
you know, tens of millions of Americans had to pay the alternative minimum tax. So I guarantee when they say, oh, this is just for the rich people, the capital gains tax. No, if you have a stock portfolio and you've got, you know, fifty hundred million dollars in that stock portfolio, uh, uh, fifty to hundred thousand dollars in that stock portfolio, they're going to come after you. Every time you make money on the stock market, they're going to pass you tax you twenty five percent. I mean, that's just crazy. It's reducing the investment in this country. It's going to chase all this capital out. And don't forget, the worst feature of all of this massive tax plan to pay for all these new social programs is they now want to raise the small business tax rate in America, um, businesses that make more than $5 million, and those are the successful small businesses in this country. They want to raise the tax to somewhere between 50 and 55%. I'm sorry, that's confiscation. I can take a 20% tax. I can take 18%, the flat tax that Steve Forbes want, but 50%, the government's going to take half of all the profits, more than half of all the profits of our small businesses? Come on, that's confiscation. That is so bad for the economy. We're going to lose businesses. It's going to be extremely damaging for employment. You know, you raise those taxes on employers, folks. You don't get as many jobs. It's that simple. So I'm very concerned about these things. I hope you are too. And but if you live in New Jersey, and I know I'm up against a break, but I got to just say this. I, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. That's not my purpose. But I will say this. I, you know, you can you can deduce from this what you want. I think Governor Murphy is the one of the three worst governors in America. He totally mishandled COVID, uh, shut down the great businesses in New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey now has one of the highest unemployment rates in the country. The state has all sorts of financial problems. He's done nothing. He's made it worse, folks. He has made everything in New Jersey financial worse. And to give him another four years is just to encourage this bad behavior. So I'm just going to say that. I think you're doing a real damage to your state if you say to this governor, we like what you're doing. Keep doing it to us. I mean, that is masochism, right? Hit me again. So don't do it, folks. I mean, make a statement. If you're angry about what's happening in Washington, what's happening in Trenton, what's happening in New York, Vote, 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 and make your voice heard if you live in the great state of New Jersey. And boy, you could you could create a sonic boom if you sent Governor Murphy home, which I believe is where he belongs. Let's have somebody who understands something about business, understands something about lower taxes, understands about creating jobs, and that person is not Murphy. Okay, I'll be right back. I'm going to take your calls on the More Money Hotline as soon as we get back. I'm so excited about this. It's my favorite time of my week when I hear from you folks. That number again, please call right now. We've got two open lines left, one 800 848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222 or 1-800-848-WABC. This is Steve Moore for more money. We're going to be right back with your calls. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve yes. Moore. We are back, folks. It's Steve Moore. Thanks again for sharing some of your uh, weekend uh, to uh, listen to our show, which is on um, every Saturday at 1 p.m. and every Sunday at 4 p.m. on the best radio station in America, WABC Talk Radio. Uh, I am excited because the the lines are just lighting up, uh, and we've got a lot of New Yorkers calling in. We've got a couple people from New Jersey. I want to, you know what? I want to hear people from New Jersey. What do you think about this election? Coming up on Tuesday, do you have the courage to change? Do you want to stay with 
with uh, Governor Murphy, despite all of his mistakes and all of the terrible things he's done for the state. But uh, I want to hear from people in New Jersey. This race is coming up in, you know, less than 48 hours. It's going to have a huge impact on the country. But in the meantime, let's start with our first caller, Gerard. And Gerard, before you ask me your question, I want to ask you, Gerard, what do you think about this election that's coming up in, in, uh, in New Jersey on Tuesday? I think uh, Chitterelli is right there, neck and neck. Uh, yes, he's I love been it. Campaigning like uh, with un- with energy that cannot be described, and I think yes. the numbers are starting to get very, very tight. And I truly believe. I mean, it's going to come down yep. to a couple thousand votes, in my opinion. But I think Chitterelli is going to kick. No, let me just interrupt you for a second. That's a great point. A really good point. And folks, you know, I know sometimes we as Republicans, you know, and I'm a Republican. I'm not a rah-rah Republican. Sometimes I don't vote for the Republicans because I get angry at them. But this is a big election. And if you want to make a statement to the country, if you want to tell Joe Biden what you think of what he's doing to our country, go out there and vote on Tuesday. And I'm with you. This is going to be a really close race. And I got to tell you, um, I worked with the Republican in this race. He's a great, great free market pro business guy. That's exactly what New Jersey needs. So, Gerard, thank you for that point. Now, uh, ask me your question quickly, because we've got about five or six people other on the line, and I want to get to okay, I just wanted to. I just wanted to point out the supply chain issue is not longshoremen. Yeah. Those, uh, longshoremen, I worked in the stevedoring business for 33 years. Longshoremen okay. have never worked harder. I'm in management, by the way. They've never worked harder. They're working six days a week, sometimes seven days a week, 12 to 18 hours a day. The problem is truckers and chassis and this business uh, with Biden keeping uh, working with the port of Long Beach to keeping the piers open 24 hours a day does absolutely nothing if distribution centers, warehouses yeah. are not in sync. Uh, uh, also, it's a great quick, uh, imposing a hundred dollar a day tariff does nothing either because the ocean carriers are going to pass that cost on to the shipper and therefore pass it on to the consumer. It does nothing. So the, if you want to great- fix this, in my opinion. Real quick, yep. you, the government has to get involved with programs to jumpstart truckers. That is, is yeah. clear as day. There's a shortage. Yeah. Okay, so, Gerard, it is a great point. I, and thank you for calling. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you know uh, the, the, the docs better than anybody, having worked in, in those for years. And I'll simply say this. How do we deal with the trucking crisis? We stop paying people so much money for not working. People are making more money in, for not working in many cases than they are for working. And uh, we keep giving people free things from the government, which means they take it from me and you and they give it to people on the dole. This is ridiculous. We, the way to get more truckers is to stop paying people. We have 100,000 job openings in the trucking industry alone. All right. I want to jump to uh, John in Staten Island. John, what do you got? Steve? Oh, hi. Steve. Yes, John. Quick Good. point, Jersey has to take Cittorelli because you know why? Think yes. about it. Yes. You had, you had, yes. uh, which you have Murphy uh, that works for Goldman Sachs. Let me ask you a question. Goldman Sachs made $88 billion in 2008 and ended up taking $10 billion from the taxpayer. I don't think they ever yes. paid us back on that. So let me tell you, Goldman Sachs, the worthless crapshoot of a big, big house. Okay, we got to worry about small banks. Not the big banks. We've got to worry about small business, not these multi-conglomerates giving all the money to the Democrats. And really should do good. Unfortunately, I'm across the border. But getting to my point, one, two, three, my, the, uh, this crypto coin, I was watching Monday yep. Night Football. Now I have a commercial for crypto coin. Let me ask you a question. If the Federal Reserve and Yellen 
wants to go into our bank account for ten thousand dollars, and they look yep. at the, the SEC gets tanked with the hedge fund advisors. Let me ask you a question: How come they can't go to crypto? If I had fifty thousand yeah. of a crypto coin, go to buy a Cadillac. The next day, it's only worth twenty five thousand. I'm not getting a Cadillac. I might only get four wheels and a chassis. All right. So All right. where's Yellen? And and they want it right now in the global crisis. Right now, they're going to try to do a yeah. global tax. You go invest in yep. crypto. Go ahead, because you know yep. what's going to happen. All right, John. John, let me respond to that because we. Yeah, I want. I think you make a great point. Thanks for your call. I, my opinion is people want cryptocurrencies and they want Bitcoin and, and these others because they don't trust the dollar. They don't trust the politicians having a monopoly over our currency. And so, you know, I think people should own some cryptos. I'm not an expert on it, uh, and I know that the uh, full faith and credit of the United States government does not stand behind our cryptocurrency. But you know, when you look at the reckless behavior of government around the world printing money uh it, it's it's a it's a good thing to have some cryptos and incidentally uh they they're not going to be able to figure out where your capital gain is on owning a bitcoin so it's a good way to protect yourself from the tax man okay i want to move to jan because we i want to hear what jan has to say about what all the things that are going on uh jan what do you got for us well i'm really concerned um as everybody listening to this show should be uh, I, I recently read a whole a bunch of stuff on online from a guy by the name of Bob Carlson, who says that there was a new law that was uh, recently uh, run through Congress and passed, and it's going to reduce the value of our IRAs, our Roths, yep. our pensions. Congress yep. is going to be a con- people in Congress that we voted for or didn't vote for. They're going to be. Uh, they made a law confiscating 30% or more of our uh, of all those things I just mentioned that are supposed to be tax uh, uh, protected. Um, yes. Now yeah. they're going to be doing it. This is how he says they're going to be doing it by charging uh, taxes or fees, if you want to call it that, which is the same as a tax, really. Yeah. For taking your money out. Yeah. All right, Jan, that's a great call. Thank you very much for uh, you know, informing on this. And, and I've got to tell you, um, this is why these taxes on owning stock are so subversive to our economy. And they're unfair because, you know, you bought like an IRA and, and you know, if you have a Roth IRA, you're not supposed to pay tax on the way out, right? You paid your tax when you put the money in. And the idea of the Roth IRA, the deal was you don't have to pay it on the way out. Now they want to tax that again. You know, it's it's a bait and switch. It's so typical of government. So they want to tax it when you put it in and when you take it out, which is a double tax. And I got to tell you, folks, this wealth tax idea is so dangerous. It, what are they, how are they going to assess what your house? Are they going to come in and assess what your house is worth every year? And say, hey, you know what? Your house just went up for ten thousand uh, dollars in, in valuation. Uh, we think, and therefore you have to pay us three thousand dollars more tax. I mean, the property taxes in the Northeast, where you guys are, are, are so high, especially in New Jersey. It's a crime what they charge in property taxes in New Jersey. And this is just going to make these tax burdens on your ownership of assets even worse. It's a very dangerous idea. We've got to kill that idea. We've got to kill that bill. We've got to kill what I call the Govzilla bill. Incidentally, before I forget, I'm going to get to our last two callers, but I want to mention I have a uh, video on PragerU. I, am, I hope you're all familiar with PragerU. It's called um, the bankrupting of America. Please go to it. Watch that video. It's five minutes long. And if you like it, give it to your friends, show it to your family members, your kids, show it to your uh, people in work. 
we need people to see this to see what the Democrats are doing to our country. Okay, we're running out of time here, so I gotta, I'm going to move on. Uh, we got Tom from the Bronx. Tom, what do you got? Yes, uh, hello. I'd like to say that as far as energy goes, that oil that comes out of the ground is filthy and, and it's killing groundwater. Second of all, what this country should be doing is promoting hemp production. It, 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 they did it during Sorry, the Civil promoting War. What? Hempstead, Long Island. You hear Hempstead, uh-huh. Long Island? Hempstead, uh-huh. Long Island uh, uh, produced hemp for the Civil War. And after the uh-huh. war, they makes better clothes than cotton, and you can run every truck, car, and bus in the city on hemp. All right. Well, that's an interesting idea, Tom. Thanks for the call. We're running out of time here. I've got to say this, that uh, I'm for producing whatever energy makes sense, whether it's nuclear power. Why are we shutting down nuclear power, folks? Why are we doing that all across the country? It's a great form of energy. Why are we shutting down our, our coal? We, this country was built on coal. Let's make America great. Let's be number one on energy. Let's not be number one in taxes. Let's be number one in producing jobs and fighting inflation and killing this bill. I'm Steve Moore. You've been listening to More Money, and I'll be back same time next week. Have a great weekend, folks. Your health is important. Your sexual health is very important. And like everything else, it has challenges. As many as 50% of men over 50 have sexual-related difficulties like ED, low testosterone, and low energy. That's where they come in. Elevate Wellness has real, professional, and in-person solutions. Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Or visit elevatewellnessgroup.com and get back to where it started. Office visits, only $99 this month.